Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. I promise your faith will grow. Praise God. Matthew 11, we can. I just want to open up with two verses here. Verse 28. Come unto me. All. Someone say all. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Someone say rest. Someone say rest like you just got it. Rest. 29. Take my yoke upon you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is, this is totally the opposite of rest, Lord. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find, say that word with me, rest unto your souls. Praise God. For the remainder of this, this Sunday service, I want to preach to you, if I can, finding rest, finding rest. Um, let's just go and bow our heads together. God, we thank you. God, we thank you for who you are and what you're doing today. We thank you, Lord, for, God, the presence that we felt throughout this entire service. I thank you for the word you've given to, to us in the 10 a.m. through Brother Foster. And I thank you for the worship that, Lord, you touched our hearts and you moved so, so wonderfully, God, through this service. I, I ask you right now to bless this word to us. Lord, strengthen us. Give us the help we need, the strength we need. Hallelujah, God, to continue this week. God, we thank you. We give you all praise and glory. In your name I pray, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. High five somebody as you're being seated. Hallelujah. So good to see um, all the guests, uh, uh, people from out of town. I'm excited that you're with us today. Uh, hallelujah. I, I want to uh, just tell you, we, we've got a baptism schedule today. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God, excited for that. And so, um, it, I don't, it doesn't matter what I do. If I tank, it's, it looks good on, on, on paper, right? You can drive away, say, man, we had a great service. One got baptized today. Yeah. Hallelujah. I, I um, began to think about this week and what this week means. And of course, there's a strong emphasis on gratitude and having a thankful heart. And obviously, you've you've heard it taught and you've heard it preached and we need to have a grateful heart. Godliness with what? Does anyone know that scripture? Godliness with contentment is great gain. That, that text kind of reminds us that we got to have a, a thankful heart, a contented heart that it says, I'm grateful for what I have. I'm grateful for the things that I have. Who's here with your family today? Who has a family member next to you? You have something to be grateful for right there. You have something to say, thank you, Lord, that now I'm just here by myself, but I have someone who I love with me. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with a loved one. Amen. 
And so we are looking forward as this week goes on, and we typically, uh, we all have different different uh, cultures of how we do Thanksgiving. Some people, uh, the, the culture of your table will dictate how you do uh, Thanksgiving. The dish that typically is always there, you know, is going to kind of dictate how you Thanksgiving, that meal. And that's a good time to enjoy each other and to love on each other and to eat mom's good cooking or grandma's good cooking. All that type of stuff will be there. But I want us to understand what is so vital about this week. How many of you uh, have off on Thanksgiving Day? Most of us, praise God, hopefully. Oh, let me just, maybe this is easier. How, how, who has to work Thanksgiving Day? Anybody? My God, I'm going to give you guys hugs. <laughs> I like him. A mom's never off, amen? Praise God. How, how about the, the person who makes all the food? That's a work day, right? Praise God. But I, I, I want to talk about what our culture as just everybody in general. This week, most of the people typically have time off or they're not working. They're, they're taking that, that, those days off so that we can, of course, gather together. I, I, I can't help but say thank you, God, for that. But here's the thing that we need to learn. It's not just saying thank you, but it's also finding rest. Can I say you are some of the busiest humans on God's green earth? And I'll tell you what, you're, you, some of you who don't do nothing are busy. You're busy pretending you're busy. You're, you're busy trying to prove to someone that you look busy. Right? Come on, if I get someone who knows how to act when the supervisor walks in the room. Right? You're going to be just uh, laying in the back and you hear the footsteps coming. And you're like, oh, I better just start stapling something. I better turn on a drill or something. I'm, I got to pick up a box, just lift something at the same. Because you want to look busy, right? And it gets tiring just looking busy. It's exhausting just trying to look like you're doing something. What if we could just say and be honest with ourselves that even that, pretending to be busy, is exhausting. And we kind of do that spiritually. We sometimes pretend that we are more spiritual than what we really are. We are, we are more active in church and more active in prayer, more active in Bible reading than we truly are. That we're more active in relationship with God than we truly are. I hope, I hope I have a big enough mirror to shine in front of our faces today because I want us to have a little bit of transparency and honesty with ourselves. Maybe, maybe I'm not there all the way. Maybe my Number one, my real job does keep me busy. Maybe just the up and down of being a parent and trying to, you know, take care of children every single day and make sure they're fed and clothed and bathed and, and all those types of things that goes with children. All, you know, that keeps me extremely busy. And maybe it's just being with a spouse that makes me busy. Maybe it's just being involved in the church that's whew, super busy. We have volunteers have a little bit of a joke on how, how many times we spend time here, right? We talk about the new building. We just need to build a dormitory next to it. <laughs> some cots and some beds or something. But here's, here's something I'm, I want us to all gather today. We are trying to all find rest. We need rest. This body needs rest. Are, are you going to get fed Thursday? Absolutely. If not, call me. <clears throat> I'll make sure you get fed somehow. 
But here's the deal. The, the Thanksgiving part, the feeding, the sweet potatoes, the, the mac and cheese, the green beans, the casseroles, the turkey, the ham, whatever it may be, will come. But I, even through that, you can go through this entire week and not find the rest you need. Amen. Not find the relaxing release. And Dear God, I'm, I'm so exhausted. And that's what today's about. Today, we're just going to focus solely, not on just giving thanks. I, I know that's in us. I, I, I believe wholeheartedly that it is impossible for a, a creation not to thank the creator. Yes. I, I believe that. I, I believe wholeheartedly that there's, a coming, there's coming a time. I don't care if you are the staunchest unbeliever, the doubter of all doubters, the atheist of all atheists. When God is in your presence, I promise you, you will be thankful. And your knee will bow down. You will confess. You'll find another gear, <laughs> a deeper gear to give to God. I promise you that. So that's not what I'm talking about this moment. I'm talking about us finding that rest. This picture I chose today is a little bit of a picture of a hiker just taking it back easy and looking over a, a, a summit that he obtained. And I began to think of the one time I went hiking with some of you guys in church. You, you will definitely remember that. It's the time you almost lost your pastor. Got to go hiking with uh, Brother Mattman, Brother Ryan, where's Brother McCommon? Who else was there? Is that it? That's probably it. And we went up to Table Rock and we we're hiking, we're doing well. We get up to that type of look and we're all relaxing and resting. But they don't really tell you that the way down is the hard part. <laughs> and really, honestly, that, that view, that vantage point from right there wasn't really even the top. It was just the best view. And I had it in my, my heart, like, let's get to the pinnacle. That's what the summit was called, the pinnacle summit. It was the highest mountain in all of South Carolina. Doesn't mean much, but it was. <laughs> so from that view, there was like another mile. But you really couldn't see it. It was like steeped in the woods. You really couldn't find it. But the unfortunate thing is that every step was as high as this at least, right? It's like constantly for a mile. Man, did it kill me. And I got up there finally dragging up. And there, all the other guys who are fit and healthy are just waiting on me. And, I'm, and I got to act like I was fighting off bears or something. That's what took me so long. So I get up there and we take our pictures and, and in the back of my head, I'm like, all right, we're going downhill. I mean, a, a good trip can get me downhill, right? I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking just stumbling over my own feet will get me to my vehicle that, to, to bring me home. But I realized as I'm going down that, and I ran out of water a long time ago. My body started to lock up. I was, I was in bad shape. Every single step down, I kicked every stone. All my, all my little digits in my feet were just broken and bleeding. And, and I am just like, every step, I'm like, dear Lord. I'm thinking in the back of my head, is this where the helicopter comes and gets me? <laughs> I'm like, how do they, how do they rescue a, 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 an overweight pastor? That's what I'm thinking in the back of my head. 
God bless Brother Ryan, his, his like bag of tricks, because he's got a water purifier. And he, he runs ahead and finds trickling water out of some weird place and gets as much water as possible and brings it back to me. And I'm trying to hydrate the best I can. But I remember feeling that, that dear God, when we got to that van, the sitting in there and that finding that rest, that it was over. And it was one of those things, that feelings that only one can describe when you're truly exhausted. Only one can truly live in when you've given your very best, or not just your best, your all. Because I do believe there's a difference between your best and your all. I do. I think that we reserve things for people who get our best, but then there's another thing saying, I give you my worst and my best. I give you my all. And this is a moment here in this, this van, this, this van as we're driving back and my legs are just throbbing and I'm thinking, thank God for these, these men who are with me because I would still be back up there sleeping. I, I wouldn't have made it, but here I am getting to rest. And as I inhaled and exhaled in that moment, it just this lesson always stuck with me that how grateful I am for real rest. How grateful we need to be and how important it is that we need to have real rest. Even throughout scripture, I mean, even the way God constructs the world we live in, he even rested. He does this not by accident, but to prove a point. He, it is reverberated in scripture through the law that that's why we have a Sabbath day. He continues through that law, just not just talking about how we go to God and remember give time to rest and to worship but even how we how we produce things how we grow things the farmer were to, was to allow the field to fallow meaning it was allowed to don't grow anything in that field after so many years allow it to rest for up to a year allow allow those the ground to regain strength some nutrients from serving constantly and giving up crop it's sometimes it's overburdened and overworked in the law the, the word of god even instructed even in the way you work you've got to find rest some of you, I know there are you are some of the busiest bodies I know. Some of you are even like, you know what, I got another job and another job. <laughs> Every time you come to me, tell me you got another job internally, I'm like, oh, there goes your rest. Because <laughs> when I don't value rest, then I'm just going to be burnt out. I'm going to find my place in a worst worst circumstance. I'm going to die earlier. I'm going to, my health's going to fail. All those things happen. And not just on the physical, but even on the spiritual level. I'm not going to go to God as much as I need to. I'm not going to serve him as like I need to. I'm going to fall apart. But here in the opening text, in Matthew 11, I really want us to look at Matthew 11. If you put that first verse back up, we have, we have a God who robes himself in flesh and comes upon us, and he says this, and I believe that verse 28, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I, I ask you to say that word all because who is he speaking to? Well, he's not just speaking to the church today. He's speaking to the sinner today as well. 
heavy and labored. That is the feeling we get when we allow sin, when we allow circumstances to dictate our futures. When we allow the problem to uh, uh, burden us, when we allow school, when we allow marriage, when we allow parenting, when we allow whatever we do to be overwhelming in our life, it is heavy. Just leave that text up there. It is heavy. It is laborious. It is pressure driven. It is something that only wants to take from you. It doesn't replenish you. It doesn't strengthen you. Can I, can I say that again? Your, your kids don't replenish you, parents. <laughs> they take, take, take. <laughs> They're petty about it. I mean, we, they are petty about it. I'm, I'm, oh, I better not go down this road. <laughs> I mean, it's so petty. We argue over who gets the sour cream and butter to butter their baked potato first at the table. Yeah. I had to remind my daughter, it's the one who bought the, ta- the table. It's the one who bought the potato <laughs> and the one who cooked it. That's who gets to have the butter and the sour cream and the cheese first. Just, I was going to end that conversation right now. <laughs> but I brought the butter to the table. Well, good for you. Just a little preview of my dinner last night. I'll let you figure out which daughter it was. You can stare at them. Everything in your life is taking from you in one way or another, energy, strength, time, all those things. And it's just, you, you need to replenish yourself. We need to find real rest. And we have to be honest with ourselves and say, you know what? And some parents are very honest with themselves. I'm grateful for that to say, you know what? My kids are wearing me out. And I'm grateful for people who have an understanding that work is wearing me out. And have an understanding that life is wearing me out. And I need to go to a place where I can find rest. Where I can find recovery. And Jesus says, come unto me all. He's not just talking about the saints of the church. He's talking about everybody. Why? Because everybody's a sinner. All have sinned and come short. Right? Of the glory of God. So verse 28 is strictly, if I can say it this way, it's focused solely on the sinner. And the sinner is us. I'm, I'm, I'm going to label myself a sinner as well. Because there are times I mess up. There's times where I allow a thought to cross my mind. There's times where I struggle. There's times where I don't do the best. I, if you're looking for a pastor who's got it all together, this ain't the church. I, I, I've got issues. I've got problems. and I, I, I have to go to God, but I'm grateful for a God that invites me. He says, what? Come unto me. Who does that? Who opens an invitation for those who are abused, broken, heavy laden, labored, just just over with things. Who does that? Who wants to have my company in the worst case scenario? Our God does. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 29. Verse 28, if I can say it this way, is focused on sinners. Verse 29 is focused on the saint. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. It's a different type of action now. We were sinners, but we can't stay there. We've got issues, 
But we have to hand it over. We've got sins and struggles and wrongs and, and bitterness and all that stuff. We got to hand it over. Because verse, verse 29 tells us what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take his yoke upon us. Take his burden. Take his message. Take his spirit upon us. This is what's so vital for us to understand. This, these two verses give us a great understanding on how we're to dump our problems, but how we're to take on his, his promises and his priorities. I'm supposed to take his yoke upon me. I'm supposed to learn. If you were here to this 10 a.m., it was about reading the word, eating the word. We're supposed to learn of him. Right. How do we learn of him? Not through osmosis. Right. <laughs> which is most Christians' favorite way of learning. <laughs> through study, through prayer, fasting, consecration. I've got to learn of him. What do I learn? I learn that he's meek and lonely in heart. And what else do I find? I find rest unto my soul. Now I want us to understand verse 28 and verse 29. The word rest in verse 28 is different than the word rest in verse 29. Verse 28, if you go back to it, if you could, please, we're going to just hop bet between these verses. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. That word rest means rest. It means relax. It means to recover. I will give you, I will give you that recovery you're needing. All right? You're, you, you messed up last night and you're here, you're faithful here. Praise God. Give it to God. He will forgive you. He will give you the things you need to rest your spirit. I love that. Verse, next verse. If you go back to the next verse. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. I told you this verse is focused on saints working, doing things for God. You all, the church. Can I say that? This, that word rest means intermission. Yeah. It means pause. It means, are you still going to carry heaviness? Yes. Are you still going to carry some things? Burden? Yes. It won't be your burden. It won't be your issues. It'll be his, his burden, right? right? It will be his yoke, not your yoke, because you traded it off. There was an exchange that happened. But here's the thing that we need to realize. That rest means it's not always going to be this hard. You need to still find a place, even if you're serving God. Hear me, staff members, those who volunteer. This is a rest that we need to take this week as well. We need to pause and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I don't have a midweek services plan this week. Amen? Yeah. Wow, this someone's gonna be like, what? Throw them back, throw them back. They're, they're gonna wreck as they're listening to this podcast. See, we ha we have <laughs> we have a, a. I get it. I'm part of it. I'm I'm, I'm connected to it. I, this this that thought process where you know uh, we need more church, not less church, right? I'm not sure if that's accurate. <clears throat> we, and hear me, we need effective church. <sighs> Effective church, effective gathering, effective worship, effective prayer and ministry, not more meeting, just more hanging out, more. We need things effectual. Okay, and there's a difference there. And, and I want us to understand why, because if we just keep this routine of constantly gathering and we're not changed, we're not affected by it. 
we're overwhelmed by the gathering, by the meeting, by the coming together. And, and, and let me just say this. If, if you can't live for God without a midweek, hear me, without having to go to a midweek, listen, <laughs> and that's, that pierces you a little bit and says, oh, it's, my soul needs to be in a midweek. Well, let me just say on the big picture, yes, but let me just say to the ones who are faithful and looking to come in a midweek, you've got to rest. You need to recover. You need to hit the pause button. Why? Because God needs you at your best on Sunday. God needs you at your best to be effective when he needs you. Let me say it this way. If you can't go but just, you know, if you miss just one, that, that one meeting in the middle of your week and, and all your world is just broken, I'm asking you, what type of Christian are you? Can you live for God? Oh, man, this is going to be, people are going to take this the wrong way, I feel. This is one of those things you got to be careful with wisdom here. Because I need to make sure you hear what I'm saying. Do we need faithfulness to the house of God? Yes. Do we need to grow from the faithfulness in meeting in the house of God? Yes. Is it appropriate that the church hits a pause button sometimes so that we can rest? Yes. Hear me today. This week, the reason I want us to can't, and the reason I do this at the end of the year, I cancel for, for this week and for Christmas week, is that it is more spiritual for you to take the rest you need and to be with the family you love. Because what you do every single week is run to and fro. Yeah. To and fro constantly. Am I saying give up your prayer life every day? Absolutely not. Be devoted. Stay devoted. Read your scripture every day. Die daily. Repent daily. All those things. Yes, do, do, do. But if you think that just that is your, just missing one midweek moment is, is going to ruin your salvation, then your salvation is not built right. We need rest so desperately as a body, as we're growing as a church, as God is giving us a season of growth, we also have to be uh, obedient to the season of following the ground. What does that look like in a church? What does that look like? It looks like us taking the time that we need for rest. It looks like us taking the time we need to say, you know what, God, thank you for the abundance you've given us. We don't need to plan another game night. We don't need to plan another meeting. We don't have to plan another, you know, other meeting just to be there, just to do stuff. Just, just because the church down the road has a, has a meeting going on that they found like a little niche. That if you have this little small group over here and this little small group over here, then they, no, no. We've got to be effective and come together and be effective at the right time. When we come together on Sundays, we're supposed to. We're supposed to come into this place and we're supposed to brag on God's goodness. Amen? Amen. Why? Because there's power in that, in that way that we come together in body, in, in unity, and we trust God, and we cast our cares. We unload our heavy burdens, the labor. We, we take it off us. We put it on this altar, and we feel that real rest. But then there's an exchange process where God pierces our heart and says, now take, take what you learned in here and go serve somebody out there. Take on that cross and carry that yoke and carry my burden. Carry those things. I promise it's not 
not as heavy as you think it is. And as you go there, you'll find a different type of rest. Here's something that's so important. Isaiah 28, verse 11. For with stammering lips, we'll pause here, just leave this verse up here. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he speak to this people. This is a prophetic scripture here on how the Holy Ghost is going to sound. Right? We've heard a little bit about this in, in our 10 a.m. I talked about this not to go. What does that mean? That God, God, there's somebody in our church that needs to get this. <clears throat> we know Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10. We, we see all through scriptures, Acts 19. You see these moments. You just, Acts 8. You see people that receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. They look different and sound different. They act different, talk different, receive things differently. And it's so vital that we understand that one major thing, of course, is speaking in tongues when we receive that gift. All right? And this is how Jesus, this is how God of the Old Testament, before he's robed in flesh, he gives us what it's going to look like when I'm talking to my people. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people. Next verse, please. Verse 12. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. When you receive this gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost, which we know is a promise, not just to me only, but to every single body in this place, and not only to your body, but to your children's bodies, and the generations to follow, it is a promise to all. Just like Matthew 11 says, come unto me all. It's for everybody. And he makes this point here, that the filling, the staring lips, the talking that, that he's going to do, it will feel like a refreshing. It will feel like a... Arrest. Why? Because he took something that is so burdensome from you. He took something so heavy, so weighty that we carry. So here's what I want us to do a little bit differently kind of in this service. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. All right, we know this text. Some of us could probably know it by heart, but... Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. We're surrounded, amen? Let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We know the next verse, so I didn't put it up there, but we know that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. We know that this is rooted in him. But I want to talk about two surroundings today. First, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Secondly, when you read the rest of that text, it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. See, when I was growing up, before I knew how to study the word of God, I thought that kind of was a term that made you say something like that, that takes you off course, that gets you off balance. But that's not what the word beset means. The word beset means surround you. Let us lay aside every weight and sin that also surrounds us. So we have the option of two surroundings today. 
I can allow what I brought in this church, my weight, hear me, my weight and my sin. There's two different things there. Not all sins are weights, right? Not not everything that you do is a sin, but it can be weighty. Hear me. I'm about to pick a fight with some parents right now. Hear me, parents. Your kids can be weighty. I don't know, there's something about a baby when you hold a little baby. For instance, we just gained a new member. Alex and Jessica, I think think their baby weighed in at six pounds and a few ounces. That feels like six pounds and a few ounces. But when you put that baby in a car carrier, it becomes 600 pounds and 10 ounces. (laughs) What happens? And you take the baby out and you pick up the car carrier, you're like, that's 10 pounds. This is six pounds. How did it become 600 pounds? Right? But let me speak a little bit more about how, how sometimes our kids become weights. They're not sins. I don't believe that at all. Well, actually, I want to teach a lesson on that a little later, but I want to talk about how sometimes your, your kids can become something that I like to call in Scripture idols. <clears throat> that you have put your own kid up in a position that you would rather serve their interests and their needs. You'd rather take them to this and take them to that and make sure they're part of this and part of that more than they are part of the things of God. And we, we have this weight on us because I've got to make sure little Tommy or little Susie, you know, she doesn't mix, miss gymnastics. Doesn't miss swim lessons or karate lessons, whatever it may be. Or, or you know what, I can go to their thing. I can go to their recitals. I can go to their plays. I can go to those things, but I keep missing the house of God. Come on now. Come on now. Mm, that's a, I don't expect a lot of preachers to get with me, but I want us to understand this, that we allow the weight of caring for our kids to be something that's not necessarily a sin, but it surrounds us. And when it surrounds us, it besets us. And if it besets us and it surrounds us, we struggle with the race of patience. (laughs) But what we need, when you come to the house of God, we need to be surrounded with what? A great cloud of witnesses. Let me just try to explain what that looks like if I can. Let me grab... Maybe this microphone here. Sister Smith, can you do me a favor? You just stay seated. You can't. But can you explain to me how you received the gift of the Holy Ghost? Tell that story. This is a long story. Give it short. Give it a short. Give us a short version. Okay, well. Give us the day you walked into the church that day. Not the buildup. Well, actually, I didn't receive the Holy Ghost in Pentecost. That's fine. I received the Holy Ghost. Get out of here. Get, yeah, just get. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it's a joke. You, know, I received you mean, hold on. You mean the Holy Ghost can move outside of a Pentecostal church? Yeah, I wasn't. What? Wow. I was just in the I'm being sarcastic right here. Well, I don't, well, well, the name of the church was, um, oh gosh, two, I forgot the name of the church. It's not coming to me. But I had a female pastor. And um, I was just in church worshiping God. And I was just worshiping God. I didn't know nothing about the Holy Ghost. I didn't know nothing about speaking in tongues or anything like that. But I started doing that. Yeah. Just worshiping God from my heart. And um, 
with when I received the Holy Ghost way back then, uh, one thing I received with it was um, um, I think they call it diverse kinds of tongues. Mm -hmm. I just I kept mm -hmm. speaking different yeah languages languages and I didn't I didn't know what it was I didn't yeah. it, but that's how I received but it. to you it was an unknown tongue right it was an unknown tongue for sure I'll, I'll say I this to bring some clar clarification just to wrap up what she's saying here is that she went to a, a, a meeting with God not a meeting in a Pentecostal church and because she was so hungry and worshiped God God gave her the Holy Ghost that's awesome what about Sister Butler? Can you tell me how you got the Holy Ghost? Well, I had um, been seeking the Holy Ghost for like four years. And as you can imagine, I was frustrated. I had just had, um, I had come for Sunday school and I was talking with uh, the teacher that morning about it. And of course he was encouraging. It's a promise. Just keep on keeping on. And um, during the church service, I went up to the altar. I was like, all right, I'm gonna keep on keeping on. I'm gonna go pursue God. And I was worshiping and I, I worshiped my little heart out. I was so tired. And then I stopped and the pastor's wife was beside me worshiping. And she said, sister, don't, don't stop. Push one more time, press in one more time. And I did and I got filled with the Holy Ghost. That's awesome. Dad, how did you get filled with the Holy Ghost? Can you tell that story? I was nine years old, and I went to a Pennsylvania camp. It was a Jewish camp that the uh, UPC uh, rented. And when I, uh, there was an altar call. And when I went up there, I was praying. And there's a such thing as being prostrate in, in God. And I was flat on my back. And... I would bounce a foot off the off the floor and work my way all the way across the uh, stage and uh, I got the Holy Ghost and I went running out of there like nobody's business. And that's about the only time I ever ran though. <laughs> so we heard from somebody who didn't, was not in a Pentecostal atmosphere. And we just heard from somebody who, who was trying for years and probably was like, that's it. I can't. I'm going to go back to the car. I'm exhausted. And he says, let's give it one more try. And you heard from someone who's a kid, nine-year-old kid, who allows himself to just lay back and allow God to move. And all of a sudden, he starts speaking in tongues and receives the gift of the Holy Ghost. Brother Mattman, how did you receive the Holy Ghost? Well, it was, a, um, it was after a Bible study with Brother Golden. And I was baptized. It was on a men's prayer night, Tuesday night. And uh, I was baptized. I still had, believe it or not, I still had, uh, uh, <laughs> let's just say I had hair. And um, <laughs> He did. He did. I remember it. Flowy hair. Yes. Yeah, flowy hair. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, but anyway, I got out of the, the baptismal tank and I went down at the altar and I prayed, and um, I mean, it really didn't take very long. The Lord filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost, so on a men's prayer night. I was there. I remember that. I remember that moment. Mr. Bates, tell me how you were filled with the Holy Ghost. It was on a Sunday morning. I went to church, um, and I was sitting there listening to the Word of God, and they had an altar call, and... Um, I didn't intend to get filled with the Holy Ghost that Sunday. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. 
And I sat there. I was like, I'm not going up there. Because in my heart, yeah. I always said, if I get saved, I'm going to serve God. And at that moment, I wasn't thinking about serving God because I know what I was going to do when I left church. Mm. But I was, I'm just being honest in my, yeah. in my heart. In my heart, in my mind, I'm saying, man, when I get out of here, I know I'm going to do this. And then I'm not going up there. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. And I'm not going to the altar. But some, for, for some reason, I got up and I went to the altar. And I can remember a sister laying her hands on me and say, you know, the, the pastor was saying, they that call upon the name of Jesus mm. shall be saved. Mm. And I started calling the name of Jesus. Yeah. Some people might say it's Tad, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But before I knew it, I started speaking in tongue <laughs> and all my heart had reached the condition with God. Right. God touched my heart. Yeah. Right. And I knew ever since then I was going to serve God. That's but awesome. I was just being honest. I, I, I wasn't trying to get saved that day. But God, but God had a purpose for me. You need to hear that. Sometimes you don't even want it. He's going to give it to you. Yeah. Right. Brother Brian, how, how about you? Can you recall the time that you received the gift of the Holy Ghost? Uh, <laughs> the first or the second time? <laughs> the first time. Let's go the first, first time, time we... Uh, I was 12 years old. Um, my father was a preacher, and I was a preacher's kid. You know the stereotype that comes with that. Um, but we had visited a church where they uh, was unnatural to us that we weren't used to seeing, and the church was just praying. I saw kids praying. They were my age praying. I had never seen that in the churches that I had been to. And the kids started praying with me, and I felt God for the first time. After being growing up in church and being around church for the 12 years of my life, I had felt God for the first time in mm -hmm. this church, and I received the Holy Ghost. That's awesome. Tell us the second time. Uh, this, <laughs> the second time. So obviously, I had left God, and um. I had met my wife, and we were going through a lot of things, and I was a bad person. And long story short, I had a hangover, and she was fed up. She was like, we're going to church. Mm -hmm. And much like sister here, I was like, I'm going, but I already know what I'm doing when I'm leaving here. <laughs> right. I got plans. And, uh, yeah. And... uh <laughs> I never forget Brother Coburn's preaching. This is December 4, 2011. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in church with a hangover in the back, thinking about what I'm going to do when I leave. And God held the plans. It was the the preacher was so intense to where I was like, I'm not going to the altar. I'm not doing none of that. I went to the altar. <laughs> and God refilled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost again. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I'm trying to get you to understand that you are surrounded by testimonies. You are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. That you don't have to be in this church to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You can be in your own home. I know many people who just hungry at their living room table said, God, I want to know you. If you're real, then be real to me. Then boom, all of a sudden the real spirit comes into that kitchen and fills that individual. I, I, I was a youth pastor at one time and I would preach and teach to young people and, and I would 
teach and preach my guts out, hoping that they would get the Holy Ghost in our youth services, and they would always leave without it. But one of them had a sleepover, and they t- they went. They were there in service, but they went back home, or they went stay the night at a friend's house. And I got a text or call in the middle of the night saying, "Hey, we just started to pray for the Holy Ghost, and my friend got the Holy Ghost." It's the Holy Ghost can fall on anybody. What was that Holy Ghost? It is it is a refreshing and a rest. And Hebrews 12 and 1 gives us this opportunity. Either I can live and find my rest within the encompassing power that God gives us here in this church, or I can continue to allow my weight and my sin to surround me and to keep me from running this race. I hope you understand what I'm trying to get us to here today. We need a rest like no other. We need a real rest, not just a break, not just a, a, a rest from, from, you know, the kids crying for a moment and you go put them down. No, we need a real refreshing that comes into our soul, that comes into my spirit, and that gives me strength, that gives me hope that I can keep living, that I can keep walking, that I can keep serving a God that I'm desperate to know and to love. I hope you understand, and we can all stand today. That we, I choose, let me tell you what my choice is today. I choose to be surrounded by the ones who are witnesses of his glory and his goodness. I choose to be a part of a body and allow a witness to speak into my soul and, and to breathe some faith into this body that says if someone can be filled with the Holy Ghost in an atmosphere that's not like this, then he can do it to me. If God can fill me up even in the countless times I've come to this altar and I've asked God fill me up God will you give me that gift and every single time I walk disheartened I walk back to my car and I walk back to my home and I walk back to my work week and I didn't get the thing I needed can I encourage you that there's a witness in the house today that if you can just praise God one more time give him all you got worship him with all your might that he will answer a need. Can I? Come on. We got witnesses in the house. We're surrounded by a witness, a great cloud. Hallelujah. If I can speak to some young people. I can shout to some young people right now. We got a witness in the house who was nine years old who allowed the spirit to tackle him to the ground and allow God to work through him. We have a God who who is allowing us to hear even at a 12 year old age the voice of God. And even in our world that we try to live in, we try to serve, we try to do the things we do. We fail, we mess up, we make mistakes over over and over, but God is still faithful to us, that he still would cry out and call us, even when we don't want him. (laughs) That's the witnesses I want to be surrounded by. That's the rest I'm seeking today. I'm seeking a rest that comes from witnesses. I'm seeking a refreshing that comes from only him, from only him that comes to somebody who has plans. I know some of you have plans to leave this church right now. Maybe to go eat, to go do doing something that you were uh, steeped in, a, a drug, a, a drink, a, a partnership outside the church that you're trying to work your way back. But let me tell you this, 
if you allow God to be real lay aside every weight every sin lay aside your fears lay aside the, 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 the voice that says this isn't for you it is for you it is for all it is for everyone under the sound of my voice today my God I'm going to ask you right now would you every hand lifted up every hand lifted up in this atmosphere my God hallelujah Oh, I'm grateful. Every, high, every, every hand lifted up, every eye closed. I want the Spirit to move in this place right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we have a guest who came with us, came here today. He was hungry. He's hungry to be baptized in Jesus' name. I'm, I'm here to tell him right now, there's a witness in the building that out of that water, out of the water, a new life will arise. That out of that water, you can come up speaking in an unknown tongue oh as the spirit gives the utterance it ain't going to be your utterance it ain't going to be your doing it ain't going to be by your might or by your strength but it will be by his oh I, I, I wish someone was in the house today who got encouraged and says you know what my rest is in him my rest is in him church church come on hands up hands up come on palms open come on I want you to I want you to just symbolize with your open hands your arms raised up that you're that you're releasing that you're letting go of idols that you're releasing and you're letting go of weights that you're releasing that you're letting go of sins right now hallelujah God I'm asking you to forgive us I'm asking you to save us I'm asking you oh God to take oh Lord the weight off this very labored and heavy laden body. I pray give us a rest we only read about. Give us a refreshing only your word promises us about. Hallelujah. Let it sweep in this place. Hallelujah. Come on witnesses. Come on witnesses. God's given you the gift of the Holy Ghost. God's given you gifts. Come on let those gifts flow out of you. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Come on. Pair up with somebody right now. Put a hand on a shoulder. Say, oh, I'm here to help you. I'm here to be a, a recovery partner. I'm here to give you that strength you need to get the rest of the way. Come on, all together as a church. Let's go into rest together. Let's go into a refreshing together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, these altars are wide open. Hallelujah. Some of you want to cast some cares on him. This is the hour. This is the place. Hallelujah. That's it. Come on, you'll find your rest. You'll find your rest in him. Hallelujah. Here is invitation. Come unto me. Come unto me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, hallelujah. That's it, church. Come on, hallelujah. Is there a witness in the house that knows how to pray with somebody? That's burdened for somebody in this place. Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let God bring recovery to your soul. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, praise God, praise God, praise God. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, all right, church, I said it's going to be a little bit different today. A little bit different. Hear me right now. I'm going to ask you to, I'm going to ask you to pause and pray just for a second. Hear me out. Hear me out. I want to ask us to be respectful right now for a moment. I, I, I just feel this. I, I, I ask us to have effective church, not just, not just routine church. Okay, we're not going to have routine church today, which is us cry a little bit and shake hands, hug necks, and get back in our cars. We're going to have effective church today. I'm going to ask anybody in here who really wants to experience what the refreshing feels like, who hasn't felt it maybe ever or in a long time, Hear my, hear my invitation. You're going to have to step away from your seat and come to this altar. We will pray together. We will trust together where our rest comes from, where our refreshing comes from. But if you need the gift of the Holy Ghost, I ask you to come up here to this altar. We're going to surround you with our ministers. We're going to pray with you. We're going to believe in faith. We're going to trust Him. But this is, don't leave, please. Don't leave being surrounded by the things you brought. Don't leave with the things that you struggle to let go of. Come up here with every, that's it. Come bring your weight and bring your sin with you. It's okay because this is where we get to cast it on him. We get to hand it over. We get to exchange it for something different. We're going to have, I believe it right now, when it's speaking in, 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 into existence, someone will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost if they're willing to make an exchange. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. My God. Hallelujah. My God. Hallelujah. All right, ministers, get, get behind somebody. Start praying with somebody right now. My God. Come on, church. Count yourself a part of the ministry. Come up and gather behind these, these individuals who want more. Would you lay your hands on their backs? Would you, would you encourage them? Would you pray with them? Come on, I'm asking every, every seat in this house to be forfeited. And us come to an altar helping somebody or finding the help we need. Hallelujah. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 